their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shekah, which belonged to Judah. Look at your neighbor and say, the enemy was attacking. Amen. And Saul and the men, verse 2, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of the law and set the battle in array against the Philistines. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God's people were under attack. They didn't want a war. They didn't want a battle. But the enemy came against them. Somebody say amen. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, verse 3. And Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Battles always happen in your valley. Amen. There's a lot of good sermons here already, but I don't have time to preach all the good ones in the middle. i got to get to the excellent one. Amen. That we're arriving to. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Amen. Now, I'm not sure six times 18 inches. Somebody could tell me the exact height of Goliath. And uh, a cubit is 18 inches, so he was a tall dude. Amen. And he was a champion. He had never been beaten. He was a great giant. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head. And he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs. And a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of the spear was like a weaver's beam. And the spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel. And said unto them, Why? Are ye come out to set your battle in array, and not I have Philistine servants to Saul? For just a little bit today, I want to look, I want to preach from this topic. You're not, you're not defeated. You're not defeated. Jesus, we thank you today for your word. We thank you today for your spirit. We thank you today for the glory that has filled this temple so far. God, we ask that you speak to us in a powerful way in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I probably have heard the sermon of David and Goliath either taught or preached in billions of ways. How many here has ever heard the story of David and Goliath? How many here has ever heard the story of David and Goliath more than ten times? Amen. There, there was a song about David and the slingshot, and it went around and around. And how many's ever heard that song? Around and around, stone him, and had the giant came down. Amen. I can't remember the words. It's been a long time ago, but. You've heard it and I've heard it. And every time we read the text of David, every time I read the text of David, now this might just be me, but nobody that reads the text of David, very rarely do we put ourselves in the position when we're allocating and aligning our life with the book, very rarely for the culture do we look at ourselves any differently than ourselves as David in that book. Do we not? 
Did you know? Here, let's do a little test today. Let's do a little test. We got any paper? Anybody got any paper? Any paper? You got some paper? Just yeah. This is an awesome pen. This is a very expensive pen. It's a, a big round stick M. It's it's a high quality pen. Brother Coulter, why don't you try that pen out? Just tell me how that pen is. Go ahead and write down right there and just tell me. Just write anything on that thing and just tell me what you think of that pen. And then Sister Casey, when he's done writing on that pen, with that pen, uh, you try that blue pen out right there. Not that pen. You try that blue one out. Write on that piece of paper right there. And you tell me what you think about that pen. Now, Brother Justin, I want you to get ready. We're going to, everybody in the everybody in the church is going to try this pen out. It's a, it's a fantastic pen. Amen. Sister Keel, I'm coming to you next. Amen. Or Brother Justin, right next. Uh, what, why don't you try that out? Amen. Just anywhere. Just just write anything. Just write on the on that. Just anywhere. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you write on there? You did? Okay. You did? All right. This is fantastic. Amen. Sister, Sister Sheila, write right there for me. Anywhere. And just try the pin out. Just, just try the pin out. Uh, it, this is a funny joke I'm doing. Amen. Y'all are going to like this. Go ahead, Sister Sister Summer. Go ahead. She did? I didn't ask you to scribble. I asked you to write. Did you write? Amen. You need to write. I didn't say scribble on the paper. I said, if you scribble on the paper, you are a disobedient saint. Amen. I said to write something. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You want us to write a word? Write something. Amen. Just write something. I love my pastor. He's the best. Amen. Something like that. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. One of the halls, the hall that doesn't have a baby in the hand. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and try that pen out. Write something down. Did you know that 97% of all people, when they're trying out a pen, a new pen, 97% of all people write down their name. Amen. Did you know that? 97% in and I was reading that, and I found that funny. Now, there was a different environment in here today, but I'm sure I got a couple that looks like a McMillan or something, or some sort of, some some people fell into that 97 percentile, amen. They were selling pins at the campground this last week, and I didn't buy shoes this week. I bought a pen, hallelujah. I don't have enough room on my shelf in my closet for any more shoes, amen, so... I, I bought a pen today, and I went and I asked the lady that was selling the pen. It's a cool pen. I said to her, I said, what percentage of everybody, when they're trying out one of your pens, do they write their name? She said, oh, brother, everybody writes their name down. Amen. And so it is so when we look, look at the Word of God, when we, when, we, when we read the Word of God, and we're looking at a story such as David and Goliath, and we're trying to put ourselves in that story, we always assign ourselves as David. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah. We always look at the story and we always say, I'm David and that's my Goliath. And everybody in this room, don't doubt it for one minute, everybody in this room has a Goliath. And that Goliath never going to get me. Amen.
How many loves when people come against you? You just think that's fantastic. How many think it's fantastic when you got more bills than you got cash? Amen. How many think it's fantastic when your car breaks down? Amen. How many think it's fantastic when your kids are out of control? No. Everybody in this room, we all have our own delights. And there's nothing that we did other than being children of God that caused the enemy to come and to mount an attack against us. Amen. But I've come today to tell you and come today for us to look at this text a little bit differently. Perhaps what God is trying to show us in the text that we read today is we are not David. That we don't have to be David. Perhaps in this text that we're reading today, perhaps we're not David. The Bible doesn't say that the battle came against David here. The Bible says that the giant came against Saul. Oh, Brother Herring, Saul was a terrible person. Yeah, Saul went a little south there at the end. But the truth of the matter is, Saul was anointed of God. Saul was called of God. Amen. And whether you're anointed and whether you're called doesn't mean you're going to turn out good. Somebody say, man, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it takes some work. It takes some discipline. It takes some praying. It takes some fasting. It takes some being faithful to the house of God to turn out good. It, it takes getting our spirit in check. It takes getting our, ourselves right. It takes us waking up in the morning and saying, God, today is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. It's our obligation to get righteous so our steps will get right. If you're not righteous, your steps are in order. Good preaching right there. It's very, it's very important that our heart always be right. And our spirit always be right. And we always be right leaning towards the Lord and saying, Lord, let my heart, let my mind, let my spirit be right. A prayer that I pray often is, God, let my mind, oh God, be, be pleasing to you. Let what comes out of my mouth be pleasing to you, oh God. Let my spirit be pleasing to you. Everything that I do, I want to be pleasing to the Lord. Another prayer that I pray often is, God, if my, if my actions, if my thoughts, if my words are not pleasing to you, check my spirit, God. Break my heart, oh God. Let me, oh God, be a vessel of honor to you. Folks, when we pray that way, and when we live that way, it doesn't mean we'll always be perfect. It doesn't mean we'll always be right. But what that does mean is that our heart is turned to the Lord, and that our steps will go in the direction that He's designed for us to go. Amen. Amen. In this text, I believe that we are more like Saul than we are David. Amen. And let me just go ahead and build this case for just a minute for somebody today. Let me just go ahead and help you out today with this. I'm not saying that Saul in this particular context was an evil man or an unrighteous man. No, he was a man that a giant was coming down to destroy. 
must say amen. Amen. How missions is fun. Hallelujah. And so, Goliath has got all the attributes of being a people killer. I read all the attributes. He's, he can smush them like grapes. And so Saul gets the battle in order. And he comes down to the valley. And, and the reality is, above all the people, Saul is not, Saul is not a little dude. The Bible says that Saul was head and shoulders above everybody. Amen. So if somebody's head and shoulders above me, that makes them a tall person. Because I'm pretty tall. Joking. Amen. I was a joke. Hallelujah. He was head and shoulders above all the men of Israel. So Saul was, was, Saul was not a small person. Saul was anointed of God, and Saul was equipped of God, but Saul was afraid. Y'all, it's okay. I want to tell everybody in this room, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to be all of those things. Throughout the Word of God, we see that people and men and women of God are afraid. They are dismayed. A few weeks ago, I preached about Gideon. Gideon was dismayed and afraid. We read about God's people being afraid and dismayed. Jehoshaphat was afraid and dismayed. Somebody say amen. David had been afraid and dismayed. But the Bible says that God always showed up and provided for them. Dismay means confused, not sure exactly what to do. Not sure what step I should take. Not sure which way I should go. Fearful of making the wrong decision. It's okay. It's okay to be in that position. Because that means you're alive. That just means that you've got flesh. That just means that you're a human being. Somebody say amen. And so David is in that particular position. David, or not David, Saul is in that particular position that day. The Bible says that a little boy came, a young man came down from his father's house to give his brother cheese and bread, or give his brother's bread and take cheese to the captains and and David did so, and while he was in the middle of that, David heard the giant mocking the people of God. They had been out there for 40 days. Everybody say 40 days. They had been in that battle for 40 days. For 40 days, Saul could not find anybody to fight for him. For 40 days, Saul was afraid. For 40 days, Saul did not know what to do. Everybody say a month. Saul did not know what to do. Nobody would fight. Nobody would come against the enemy. Because there was a lot at stake. Now I want everybody to focus real quick, uh, quick here. I'm, I'm wrapping up today. Everybody to focus real quick. For 40 days, Saul did not know what to do. For 40 days, he couldn't get anybody in his army to fight for him. Why 
Saul get nobody to fight for him? Why would Saul not be willing to go fight himself? Because of what was at stake. Y'all got to get this. If you don't get this, you don't get the sermon today. The giant set the battle stakes. He said, here's the deal. If you kill me, the Philistines are your servants. And if I kill you, y'all are our servants. Do you get that? So they were afraid. They didn't want to make the mistake. They didn't want to fail. Because if one person failed, the whole nation was lost. If one person made the wrong move, the whole nation was lost. And so then, by fear, folks, how many here can say, I have at times in my life been frozen by fear? I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what step I should take. I, I didn't know. I didn't know which way I should go. Just frozen by fear. But David comes down and David hears the giant mocking God's people. And he's got such courage and he's got such strength. And, and David says, I'll go fight the giant. Saul not willing to fight, afraid and frozen in fear. He said, if you're going to fight the giant, you've got to do it this way. This is how you've got to do it. He gave him his armor and he gave him his sword and he, he, he loaded him up. He said, if you're going to fight the giant, you've got to fight the giant this way. So David said, I've got to prove this. And David goes out. We know the story. David goes out and he kills the giant. Right? And victory to the nation. What I'm trying to express to us today is perhaps we're not David in that story. Perhaps in that particular reference in the Word of God, we are Saul. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood or against principalities or powers or wickedness in high places. It's a spiritual thing. Somebody say amen. amen. But there is no giant. There is no giant that there is left standing that the cross did not already overcome. We don't have to fight the giant in the New Testament church. We don't have to fight the giant in the New Testament church because our God and Savior has already defeated death, hell, and the grave. 
this day because of the time served. This is a fit. This is this is something that everybody needs to hear. You don't have to, Sister Maya. You don't have to fight that devil. The Bible tells us resist the devil, and he will flee. It doesn't say you gotta fight him. It says all you got to do is resist him, and he has to flee. The devil knows who you are, Sister Hall. The devil knows he, he don't he don't need to mess with you. Some days you need to wake up instead of being a victim and being afraid. You need to wake up and say, Devil, today's a bad day for you, brother. Somebody say amen. amen. Sister Kill, instead of walking in and saying, I just made it, I just, I had a terrible week. Sometimes you just gotta stand up and say, Devil, this week's gonna be a bad week for you. I'm not telling you that the enemy won't come against you. I'm not telling you that the enemy won't set a battle against you. But what I am telling you is that the enemy is already the enemy has already fallen. You are already victorious. You are already an overcomer. You are already a blessed hallelujah. But say amen. But sometimes we've got to learn how to be victorious God's way and not our way. Saul said, God, let's put David in the position of God. Let's, let's bring this story down to God, you're going to fight the giant for me. Saul had to trust David. we got to trust God. Amen? You know that song? Jesus, take me Too many times we say, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Turn left, God. Jesus, take the wheel. God, speed up a little bit. Can you go a little faster? Huh? Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, get me out. Put this thing in reverse, God. Get me out of this thing. Jesus, take the wheel. Get me out. 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 Hello? Jesus, take the wheel. God, you're going too slow. Jesus, there's a traffic jam up ahead. There's trouble up ahead. Go around and 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 go around. But Jesus, take the wheel. That's what Saul was doing. Saul was saying, here, David, you fight the battle. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it my way. you got to fight the battle, Lord, my way. Don't you know that God's ways are not our ways? His thoughts are not our thoughts. God is to do anything in your life. And too many times we become like those, those kids. You know those kids when they get grown, they think they know more than you know. Sister Kill, you know what I'm talking about. I've heard Sister Summer and Brother Corbin telling you what to do. Amen. Some of y'all, some of us, we, we tell our parents what to do because we're grown, you know. Amen. That 40 years or 30 years or 20 years, whatever they got on us, they didn't learn nothing in that 20 years. We 
20 years behind, but we got it all figured out. I say, man, how many of you can raise your hands and say, you know what, I wish I probably would have listened to my mom a little more about some of these things. I wish I would have listened to my daddy a little more about a couple of these things. Somebody say amen. Oh, Lord. I'm starting fights today, man. I'm not trying to start no fight. Folks, God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. God's ways are not his, our ways and his plans are not our plans. And so sometimes when we get in the middle of the battle and we are already uncomfortable because the enemy's coming against us, we just want to find some comfort and so we say, God, can you please pull it off my way? Folks, God is not going to win battles our ways. God is going to win battles his ways. God is going to win battles his ways. And sometimes it's contrary to our ways, but Saul had to do something. Saul had to put all of his trust into David. And he had to put all of his family's uh, future into David's hand. And he had to put the nation of Israel in the hands of the nation. Saul had to trust David with all his heart. Folks, I've come today to tell you that we have to trust the Lord God with all When your trust ends. Uh, faith begins when your trust ends. And you say. I don't trust this situation. I don't trust you here Lord. I'm not sure you're going to choose what's right for me. But God. I got faith you're going to do. Now some of y'all thought I'd be a little sacrilegious. By saying my trust runs out on the Lord. But a lot of times, our trust runs out on the Lord. And we get into our discomfort zone. And God's beginning to stretch us. And God's beginning to pull us. And God's beginning to say, hey to us, hey, it's time for you to grow. It's time for you to become stronger. And the only way you can grow and obtain more is if you trust me and you let me take this giant out. Somebody say Amen. Let's not forget that when Goliath fell, the Philistines became the Israelites' servants and they gained more territory and they gained more land. Anytime a giant, anytime a Goliath comes in your life, a major battle comes your way, it's because God's intention is always to bless you. God's intention is always to expand your territory. Now everybody, I'm not going to have you name it, amen today, but I know everybody in this place is fighting a giant at some caliber. Now, I don't know what that giant might be. Amen, but everybody in this room is fighting some sort of giant. Some giants are internal. Some giants are external. Some giants are spiritual. And some giants are flesh. Somebody say amen. amen. A 
giant could be a boss. Or a giant could be a devil. A spirit coming against you. Somebody say amen. amen. A giant could be an attack on your finances. Somebody say amen. amen. Or a giant could be a family member. Or an attack against a family member. A giant could be an emotional, uh, some sort of emotional um, uh, pattern that you follow. Might be alcohol, could be drugs, could be could be anything, but everybody in this room is fighting some sort of giant. Could be low self-esteem. And the reality is, is that your giant today is not going to come down your way. Your victory is not going to happen your way. The giant is going to come down God's way. And God's ways are not our ways. And we have got to learn to begin to fight the battle of God's ways. Hallelujah! Folks, I've come today to tell you when the enemy comes against you, you don't stop paying your tithe. You don't stop giving in the offering. Folks, that's the time to be more faithful than ever. That's the time to be more consistent than ever. That's the time to say, I am going to bless the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if your attack is coming financially, be faithful in your time. And be faithful in your giving. And, and challenge yourself a little bit to give sacrificially. That's good. Folks, if your giant is coming against you emotionally and you've got some emotional turmoil and some emotional distress, I've come today to tell you that what you've got to learn to do is you've got to learn to, to, to soak yourself in the Word of God. Folks, if you don't think I have anxiety sometimes, you're crazy. But when I feel anxiety coming on me, Brother Coulter, I get in this word. And this word calms me down. I don't open up a book. I, got, I read three or four, five books a week. I start more books than I finish. Truth. My briefcase, I got three or four books, two of them I'll never touch again because they, one, two chapters, they got me and either get me or you don't. They didn't get me, amen. I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. Folks, we come to the house of God. I, I want I want to I want to express myself to you today in a way in my desires so that you'll see where I'm coming from. My desire is that everybody in this room become victorious. Everybody in this room live a fulfilled life through the through through God's blessing and anointing. And I know that when we come into this house, and there's just a few of us, and, 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 and we've got more kids than we've got people, and I know when the preaching starts, it cleans out, and you look around, you know what I mean? Right? You can do it, right? Here's the church, here's the steeple, open the door, here's all the people. Oh, they all like the Sunday school class, right there. Oops, two or three, it doesn't matter. We're here together. 
We're gathered together under the power and the glory of the Lord. And God's hand is on us. But folks, whether there's two or three, whether there's a lot of kids or no kids, no matter what it is, we've got to be a church that channels the spirit of God. We can't be dry. We can't be disconnected. We've got to connect to the spirit of God. And the way we connect to the spirit of God is through worship and praise. Amen. And letting the Holy Ghost flow through us. Hallelujah. Folks, we got to let the Holy Ghost flow through us. Amen. So it's important that we be filled with the Spirit. And that we pray in the Spirit. And that we flow in the Spirit. Folks, if what I said today is true, and it is true. If the battle is not ours, it's the Lord. That means your battle is a spiritual battle. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. I want you to really look at him and say, neighbor, your battle is a spiritual battle. Why are you fighting it in the flesh? Oops. God references finances in this book over 500 times. You think your finances is it spiritual? It is. God's intention for us is to not borrow money. Come in here and borrow money right now. Anybody else borrow? Anybody like Cardos? I know you got Cardos, Sister Summer. Sister Raise that hand. Did you know God's intention for us is to not take cards? Did you know God's intention for you is to go pick you up a brand new car within your means? Within my means? And to walk up to the lot and say, hey, I want that one. Well, we got great grades. Oh, I can't wait to do this one day. <laughs> Ain't going to be my rates. My bank's got good rates. What's the rates on cash? Break it out of the envelope you got. <laughs> wait, that's only 30000 Hold on. I'm going to have to do that. I love to pull up. I love to pull up to a car lot. With a duffel bag. <laughs> and be like, walk out to that car, look at that duffel bag, and drop that duffel bag right on that car and say, I'll take this one. Right? I'm going to love to do that. Did you know that God said that you can do that? And I'm not preaching a greasy gospel. I'm preaching a real thing. God can bless you. But he's got to be able to trust you with that blessing. He's got to be able to trust you with that kind of blessing. And so there's giants that are going to come against you. And we've got to learn how to be faithful in that battle. And we've got to learn how to do it God's way and not our way. And when God realizes you're going to do it His way and not your way, He can trust you. Right. And so He's going to bless you with more. Right. 
Somebody say amen. amen. Let's all stand today. I know I was just touching on finances, but I want to touch on worship for just a minute. Folks, we've got a great church. We've got beautiful people, wonderful folks. The Lord has blessed us in here with a beautiful facility. The Lord has blessed us with so much. But I, my intentions for this church is so much more than just a beautiful facility. My intentions for this church is so much more. But even at the height and the purity of my intentions, God's intentions are so much more. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. As good as my intentions are, as pure as my intentions are, God's are pure and more beautiful than anything I can ever imagine. But in this church, we've got to begin to do some things differently that God's been challenging me with. We've got to move in the spirit a little bit more. Somebody say amen. amen. We've got to become better worshipers. Amen. We, we, we've, got to, we've, got to, we've got to stretch ourselves a little bit more. We've got to let the, the moving of the spirit happen at the altar. We've got to spend a little more time in prayer at the close of service. We've got to spend a little more time in getting lost in worship during worship service. Because those are God's ways. And if they're spiritual battles, we've got to battle them in the spirit and not in the flesh. How many would love to see us have a service for two or 25 where I don't even preach? The spirit just moves and breaks out. Yes. Folks, we can get there. Somebody say amen. Yeah. I want us all to stand today. We're all standing. And I want us all to come to the front today. Let's all gather to the front.